Welcome to Innisfil Accelerates, a podcast about the people and technology transforming one Ontario town. Today, we're talking about small business. It's never easy running your own business. The hours, the stress, the constant stream of problems, both big and small. But this last year, things have gone from difficult to basically impossible for many entrepreneurs. Mandated closures and lockdowns left many businesses either closed or without any customers to service. Between March and April of 2020, the economy contracted by more than 18%. And that's a problem for the whole country. Small business employs 9 million Canadians. The federal government recognized that problem early on in the pandemic and deployed billions of dollars in various supports. And so to get a better idea about how those supports worked and what more needs to be done, I reached out to Martin Kuzma. Martin is the CEO of Natawasaga Futures, a not-for-profit that helps connect small and medium-sized businesses with loans, training, and other supports. You know, it feels like we've gone through about 10 years of change in just a little over a year. When you look at things like remote work, businesses have really they've changed overnight. Have you seen that kind of pace of change reflected in the businesses you're working with? Yeah, especially when it came to um, technological change in the um, mainstream businesses, right? In the past, in order to um, pivot and scale up, you would, it would take a lot of capital, right? But in the last 18 months, um, small businesses, mainstream businesses were able to do it rapidly with with the government's help through the different um, grants and support programs that are out there. So, I mean, looking from a historical perspective, the capital needed to pivot in the last 18 months was nearly nil, right? Because with all these different government supports and I mean, you see large organizations and small organizations taking advantage of this, right? But it really benefited the smaller businesses. And it's sort of um, the obvious debate is why is why are all this mainstream businesses closed while Walmart at the end of town is open, right? And that was the struggle for a lot of businesses in our communities of our size. I think about those folks operating small businesses that had to be closed during the pandemic and and then they were watching like these big corporations like Walmart being allowed to stay open and that just had to have been incredibly frustrating for a lot of your clients. I give you one example and I mean this entrepreneur was um, a true testament of what it is to be an entrepreneur. So we had a we have a Mexican restaurant here in town it's, it's got about four tables it's the size of a average bedroom right for him no matter what the guidelines were he couldn't have in restaurant service because of his size and for him to serve two people every two hours wasn't feasible so he decided to pivot and use his kitchen as a kid as he had a, he was an experienced chef so he changed his menu up for different kind of flavors of food and he was busier than he when he was open full-time under no, normal operations so i mean businesses like that i mean there are a point where i mean is it worth it to go back to the way things were before or do they carry forward with their new um enterprises, new ventures, right? You mentioned before about the sort of government programs and loans and grants that are available and that had to be issued during COVID-19. And I know that's a big part of what you do. It's helping connect those businesses to those programs. Can you talk a little bit more about the kinds of services you offer? Yeah, for sure. So we helped 49 local businesses with just over $2 million in funding. So in terms of perspective, this organization has been around for over 20 years. In over 20 years, we've grown our portfolio size has grown to just over $3 million. In the last 18 months, we did over $2 million in loans to 49 businesses, which essentially we did, it took us 20 years to get to that level before. So, I mean, the scale and everything that was happening within the last yeah, 18 months has been incredible, not just for small businesses, but for the relief agencies and people that serve these funds funnel through. When the rental assistance program came on, um, a lot of 
local businesses had um, trouble applying for the program. They didn't know what the guidelines were, what the requirements were. And um, we helped them sort of sift through that. We helped them fill out the applications. Um, we had a few local entrepreneurs get in touch with us because even with the waste subsidy program, a lot of their accountants were charging a lot of money for them to do that. And our program was free of charge since we're a non-for-profit. So we were able to help them from that respect. One thing that has sort of come to light through all this sort of um, all these government grants and programs that a lot of businesses were not maintaining proper bookkeeping and proper taxing information. We had we had to tell a lot of businesses that on paper, yes, they did qualify for funding, but based on their recorded um, financial history, what they report and stuff like that, they didn't qualify because they were, it was either incomplete or it was not done properly. So unfortunately, a lot of businesses fell through the cracks because of that. And as a and another outcome of that was that we created um, a partnership with our consultants, a QuickBooks training program. So essentially it provides um, access to small businesses um, just to help them teach them how to maintain their books, how to file different taxes and things of that nature. So a lot of learning along as well as a lot of support. (laughs) It really must have been heartbreaking for you and your team when you realized that you just weren't going to be able to help some of those people for whatever reason. And and it's not exactly what you're trained to do as an accountant, is it? Or as a loans officer. You don't anticipate that you're going to have to be a counselor as well. Yeah, it was terrible, Um, especially with the BWG grant, because that was in the early days. It was within like three weeks of this whole thing uh, happening. So our our loan officer is currently um, off for the summer because of um, she's worked basically seven days a week, 12 hours a day for the past 18 months. And not only processing loans and grants, but also dealing with people that are frustrated. Like we had one lady that was in Bradford. She's been in business for 20 years, but she did all her bookkeeping by hand and she couldn't find the proper documentation. And she was she would call us every day crying that if we don't give her this money, she's going to have to close. And that took a, a big toll on the loans officer for our, our operation here. And yeah, it was um, things like that. And people saying that if they don't get certain, if they don't get this funding by a certain date, then they're going to be out on the street, things of that nature. So it's pretty, um, pretty exhausting mentally for an our end. And we're kind of getting back to normal operations now since um, the, the RF program ended a couple of weeks ago. So we're all we're all spent there, so we're now back to our normal operational loan program. Which, I mean, people aren't really looking for loans right now. Um, I mean, people are starting businesses. I mean, so on the flip side of that, we also did, um, in addition to the relief funding, all that stuff, we also did ten traditional loans last last in, from um, April 1, twenty twenty to March thirty first, twenty twenty one. That's our fiscal year. So we process 10 loans for new businesses that are starting out, which was pretty surprising, even for me. <laughs> but um, we had some, yeah, we had, um, I'm trying to think what we had. We had a couple, um, we had a physiotherapy place that, that opened up in the area. We had a convenience store. We had one business that needed retooling back in early April. So they came to us for funding. And yeah, it's been... <laughs> crazy. Have you noticed any changes in the kinds of businesses that are opening up? Businesses that might have been different from, say, two or three years ago? Well, we did notice that um, we did larger loans than we typically do. So under the under our program guidelines, we're only able to offer loans up to $300,000. And in the past, our loans averaged about, I don't know, between sixty and 80000 But in the last, I want to say, 24 months, we did more in the six-figure range. So loans 150, 200, 250, which, I mean, it was pretty scary doing that last year because, I mean, the business plans were solid, ideas were solid, just 
the market, right? It's going to be there for them. And what's the capacity to pay back? At the end of February 2020, we advanced 250,000 to a gym in Innisfil. On uh, March, March 17th, they called us saying that they're going to be shut down. They don't know when they're going to open up. And they still haven't opened up. So, so yeah, so that's been scary. We were just talking about the pace of change over the last 18 months and the move towards remote work, but you mentioned another big change, it seems, is the move away from cities, that people, once they got into remote work, realized they didn't have to be working inside a downtown core and contending with traffic while driving to and from suburbia. And so, you know, moving to a place like Innisfil is a choice that more and more people are making. I mean, what are you seeing on the ground there? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, Innisfil has sort of um, proposed this idea, I want to say for five, four or five years now, right? Um, come live in Innisfil. Um, you, have, you have everything you need here, right? To have a great life. You look close to the city, you're close to the beach, you're close to the water, you're close to the wildlife. The last four or five years, we've seen an increase from from that standpoint. And then within the last 18 months, it's been just crazy. Just people from all over Scarborough, from Toronto, from Mississauga, inquiring about how to set up a business in Innisfil, how to get the, what kind of support is available for them. Yeah. What's the residential market like? It's, um, it's been, it's been uh, interesting to say the least. <laughs> right now, there are a lot of small businesses that really need help. Do you think more needs to be done? And if so, what needs to be done to really shore up small and medium-sized businesses in this country? I'm not sure if businesses need more loans or things of that nature, right? I think everybody's pretty maxed out in terms of how much more debt they can take on. And that's why we're focusing on support resource, support services. So things like mentoring, coaching, consulting. So three of our municipalities have contributed to a pool where <clears throat> businesses can access free support through this funding. Um, anything from accounting help, through business planning, through strategizing, through um, even employment lawyer, right? We had somebody recently reach out to us that they're having a hard time finding new people. So they want to look at different parameters of how to hire somebody, maybe give them a more higher wage or maybe give them different incentives. So they spoke with an employment lawyer. Um, so I think Services like that offer more value maybe than actual hard currency when you already got so much loans on the books. I mean, one of the things that we do with our loan clients is that when we, when we give out our loan and we feel that somebody doesn't have very strong skills in a certain aspect of the business, one of the conditions of the loan, we make that they need to meet with our consultant in that area of specialty that we feel that will help them sort of guide them through running their business more efficiently they'll have a better chance at success. Yeah, it must have been frustrating sometimes when you were working with clients and you can see that they have a viable business, but there's just, just these basic things that haven't been put in place, things like basic accounting standards or having a business plan. And it must be really frustrating sometimes to try and get people on the right path. Oh, we have, I, have a, I have an example of that actually with one of our loan clients. We had a loan client years ago where um, it was a cupcake business, right? Baked goods. And um, this person blew up overnight, right? They had the best cupcakes in the area. So they came to us for a loan, right? <laughs> yeah, they came to us for a loan, so we gave them a loan, but we also realized that they weren't the best business. They weren't the best in terms of business savvy, right? I mean, they were amazing at making a product. It was just, they weren't very good at running the business part of it. And we, we set them up with certain consultants, but they never took their advice. And eventually we had to write that loan up because they just didn't run their business efficiently. Instead of going to wholesale, they would buy their uh, supplies from the local Loblaws or theirs, which was what, twice as much. <laughs> so it was just, a, yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. So, I mean, in that case, you don't want to say it, but we told you so, right? And 
it just doesn't help anybody in the end. Earlier, we alluded to the fact that people have been struggling with mental health. And do you think that there's enough support on that front for small and medium-sized businesses? Are there enough programs in place to help people deal with the kind of stress that they've had to endure over the last 18 months? Uh, it's hard. I mean, from where I stand, um, there doesn't seem to be a lot of support for that. Because as you may know, we, we launched the mental health consulting program in partnership with Innisfil back um, this time last year, maybe earlier. Um, initially, the program was for residents in South Simcoe, for I mean, for entrepreneurs in South Simcoe. So that went well. Then the entrepreneur and the entrepreneurs were asking if they can bring their family members along. So we said, of course, right? I mean, it's not just yourself; it's your families as well. And then we started seeing interest from across, from outside our catchment area, and we're seeing inquiries from like places that we don't even service, but we can't really help them, right? So, so the the the, the need is there definitely for mental health support, not just for the business standpoint, but from the business and the family standpoint. So when you look out over the next couple of years, what is the future of small business in this country? What are the trend lines do you think we're going to see? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a perfect storm, right? You got the rising inflation, you got a rising wages, you got people that... So we have clients that are, I mean, they're doing well, um, they're growing, but they can't grow because they don't have the uh, labor force there to support them. Um, so they're they're up against the point now do they raise wages and I know some clients that have raised wages but they're just not getting the intake the uptake um, I spoke with one person recently they had four interviews scheduled and one day only one person showed up so I mean we'll see what happens in th- with that respect and there's also the um, the whole um, growth that we've seen in the last um, 18 months right surprisingly I mean this I mean even if in the stock market you could just throw a dart and you could have had a great return in the stock market <laughs> Um, so yeah, what's going to happen when that ends and will it affect Main Street? Um, the credit markets, right? The credit markets were dry at the beginning of the pandemic. Now they're slowly opening up, but if interest rates go up, what's going to happen when that reset happens and these people have um, all these sort of quasi-grand loan things on their books and they're going to be able to make the monthly payments. So all, of thing, all those things are kind of headwinds, but I think... Um, if people run their businesses efficiently and focus on what their um, value is and deliver that to their clients, they, they can be successful over the long term. You mentioned that the labor pool has been drying up and that people that run small businesses just haven't been able to find the labor that they need to get things back to normal. So having spoke with so many small business owners, what do you attribute to this? I think initially people were scared to go to work. So they had this CERB. People were um, afraid to go to work. So they had so they could stay home with the CERB. Then as um, there was a gradual reopening last summer, um, employers were needing these um, employees back at their workplace. And people were like, you know what? Um, we're kind of good where we are. We're getting the similar wage, if even that, from home. And why will we go out? And then, um, yeah, it's just, especially with our main, like a lot of our clients are mom and pops, right? People that work in their business, not on their business. So if they need, if they need help, I mean, it's a matter of running the business or closing it down. And a lot of times, um, if they have extra work or they want to grow a little bit, they need that extra help from somebody, even part-time or full-time. If they can't get it, their business can't grow. So from that aspect, yeah, a lot of our clients are struggling with the growth aspect of their business, not just running it, but actually growing it to a certain level. And if, um, if we'll see what happens with the universal benefit, right? Will that create wages to go up astronomically and then have a rise in inflation everywhere else? We'll see. <laughs> Anybody that's in rural Canada can access any of our offices. Um, we were, Community Futures, like I said, are there to support small businesses um, 
just through many different phases, right? Um, there, um, anybody that's looking to start a business, anybody that's looking to expand a business or buy a business, um, finance a business, <laughs> market their business, um, create, train their employees, sell their business, all those things, your local CFTC office can help you. Um, we all differ in certain respects, but we all, but we all offer the, core, the same core products. Um, and the mandate is to support entrepreneurs, right? New and expanding businesses. And just, um, yeah, just provide um, that support to anybody that's looking to be an entrepreneur. And, uh, and one of the things that um, was also a good story out of the um, pandemic is that um, in 2019, early 2019, we started an incubator in our office. So our first client, our first participant was a new um, lawyer here in the area. So before he um, decided where he wanted to open up his shop practice, he entered our incubator program for a year. And actually in April, 2020, he um, graduated to our storefront space. <laughs> so during the height of the pandemic, he was moving from our incubator into his own office. And he's been there ever since. So it's been um, a great story for us locally here and uh, in terms of success stories. You can learn more by clicking the link in the episode description. There you'll get access to even more content about Martin and his team at Nottawasaga Futures. Innisfil Accelerates is a podcast sponsored by the town of Innisfil. You can learn more by going to innisfilaccelerates.ca.